Guys, today's show is brought to you by DV8 Clothing. That is DV, the number eight. Guys, I love this brand. I love this product. Um, the owner of it is a very good personal friend of mine, somebody very close to me. And when they asked to be a sponsor of the uh, the podcast, I had zero hesitation about what they were doing. Um, I was actually there for the conception of the company. Uh, so it means a lot to me. And um, it's a brand new clothing brand. They, they specialize in selling athletic clothes, but they don't just have athletic clothes. They've got hoodies. They've got t-shirts. They've got uh, fanny packs, anything, and more products to come. That is DV8, guys. DV8 from The Ordinary. Go buy DV8. And right now, for my listeners only, this you will not find this promo code anywhere else. Barbell. Use the promo code BARBELL, all caps, and you will get 15% off your purchase of DV8. That's DV8 Clothing, guys. Go check them out. They're DV8 Activewear on Instagram. Go give them a follow, a like. Uh, check out some of their stuff. Their logo is amazing. Their brand is great. Their owner is an amazing, close, personal friend of mine. And they're just awesome, guys. I love them. Uh, guys, Deviate from Ordinary with Deviate Clothing. Link in the description below. Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Guys, so uh, over the course of the whole weekend, it wears you out. <laughs> that's funny man yeah so i call michael we're like oh let's do it at eight so you live in florida right right now yes yeah so michael's three hours ahead of me i live in vegas he lives in florida and i'm like hey man um how does eight o'clock sound your time he's like that sounds great and then i call him and he's like hello and I know that, man. I remember that from high school football. Like, you just get up. Like, I, I think you were probably late a couple of times. Well, no, you might not have ever been late. But it's funny. Well, I, was, I was like, this dude is asleep. Like, it's been five years, but th some things just don't change, man. <laughs> That's funny. I like my sleep, yeah. How was, the, uh, how was the retreat? Oh, it was so good, dude. Um, it, so, it was supposed to be, like, three weeks ago but mm -hmm. we had um some COVID stuff that came up with a lot of the, some of the adult leaders mm -hmm. so we postponed it um three um just to be safe with the students and stuff like that um and honestly like I mean it was kind of all God ordained and how everything yeah. happened where students were now able to come to winter retreat and, oh wow and like it was so powerful just with um just with how the students responded to the messages um that the guest speaker brought and everything um and it was just so good there's so many like testimonies with how god like changed student lives and everything like that so that's awesome it was a lot of fun that's super cool man so just so we graduated in 15 and i don't know if i've talked to you since high school i mean i've like messaged you or you've messaged me i've messaged you back a few times um mm. but as far as like talk like i haven't bumped into you i haven't been on the phone with you i mean i really haven't heard much other than like what i see on instagram um so what have you been up to man what have you been doing what's like what's kind of i mean some of the highlights did you finish up school uh so after high school i went to college okay um, where'd you go uh southwestern assemblies of god university okay uh, it's called um, a Bible college down in Texas. Okay. Um, I was majoring in youth and student ministries. I uh, did that for two years um, and didn't really work out because financially it was expensive. Sure. Uh, for a private college and everything. Sure. Uh, but I mean, still enjoyed my time there, still in school, uh, made amazing friendships there. Um, so after that, uh, went back home to Branson, Missouri and was there for another uh, three, yeah. Our senior jacket's on right now. I was like, you know what, <laughs> yeah. I still got it. I got a, I got a Branson alum, I might as well wear it. What's it gonna <laughs> yeah. hurt? I just go put mine on. Right, Yeah. 
Well, so don't. Go. You've already taken up enough of my time, so. <laughs> okay, but, so. Uh, okay, continue your story. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so uh, went back home to Branson, Missouri, um, and then uh, was just kind of working, you know, in and out jobs, uh, just trying to figure out, you know, what um, what I'm supposed to do. Um, deep down, like I knew what I was called to do, mm-hmm. but I was avoiding it just because of things that um, have happened in my life. Uh, sure. Like, you know, just working, you know, jobs, like a lot of construction jobs, serving jobs, stuff like that. At one mm-hmm. point, I actually enlisted into the military. Oh, wow. Uh, Navy. And like, I was a month out for my ship date from going to boot camp. Because uh, um, I was just like, I'm just going to go join the military. Um, I was trying to get into special forces and everything. Yeah. And I was working. But the forces contract and everything, and uh, the recruiters kept pushing me, pushing me to leave early. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. Like, I want to get my scores up so I don't, like, lose lose my scores in uh, boot camp and everything. And so, I was, and so I got tired of them trying to push me. And then I was also in a relationship at the time, and then uh, it ended. And so that just kind of made me, like, step back and think of, like, what am I doing? Like, where did military come from? And, uh, and whatnot. So I ended up, uh, backing out. Um, so, which again, that was all a God thing. Um, and then, so after that, uh, just kind of went back into construction and did that for another year, I think. And then I got a call from, uh, pastor Dusty, who was my, uh, youth pastor, my like second half of my senior year. And so uh, he had gotten a job at a church down here, the one that mm-hmm. I'm at now, um, for youth pastoring. And there's an internship down here as well through the youth group. And so uh, called me up. He's like, hey, there's an internship down here. And I uh, just wondered you know, if you'd be interested. I was like, right. And I like deep down, I already knew the answer, but I did mm-hmm. the, you know, Christian saying, oh, let me pray about it. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, so, you know, a week later I was like, yeah, I'm like, let's do this. And so, so moved down here. And so I've been down here since July of 2020. So moved down <laughs> middle of, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything. I like the uh, air quotes. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, uh, which is pretty interesting. So, but yeah, so I've been down here for i think seven eight months now and then yeah it's been going really good florida's hot a lot very humid yeah miss the seasons but it's i mean it's good it's good yeah so now you texted me you would have texted me before the summertime right because you bumped into andy yes brothers yeah okay yeah i've had a a pizza joint over by andy's yeah Dude, we, we go to Branson. I haven't, that was, last year was the first time I had been when I texted you back. Um, what was that, August? August, September, something around, somewhere around there. That was the first time I'd been back to Branson since I left in 2017. So I hadn't been back to Branson. I was in California and Oregon um, all those years and never went back. But Andy's frozen custard is like, it's between family and, and Andy's, which one we go back for the most. So yeah. I was there for five days last year and I went to Andy's eight times. <laughs> hey, it's, like, it's like, yeah, you got to go to Andy's when you're home. It's the best. I, there's some places out here that are in Vegas. Um, like there's Freddy's and then there's this place called Nielsen's. It's not even close. I mean, honestly, like I would, I would put them and then ice cream and then Andy's like it's, like they're below like i love custard but it's got to be andy's or nothing in my opinion yeah andy's is probably my number one when it comes to like and i like i know it's not ice cream but like i consider it like you know obviously a form of ice cream for me yeah well it is ice cream it's just like ice cream with uh, egg yolk in it so it's a lot smoother yeah it's so good yeah okay so you so you move you've been in florida for you said seven eight months and before that, you're just kind of bouncing around, kind of like juggling. I wouldn't say juggling, but let me correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of 
tiptoeing between what God was calling you to do and like what you were wanting? Did you pull a Jonah on us, Michael? You're pulling a Jonah for a few uh, years. Oh, listen, that's so funny you mentioned that because Dusty told me he's like, I feel like you know, you know where you're you're called to do. You know what you're called to do. Sure. You know where you're. He, Dusty literally called me. He's like, I feel like you're pull, you know doing a Jonah and you know avoiding where you're supposed to go. Right. Yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> so what's what what was like the fear there because you know if you tell somebody you know and and i've been there man i get it um you know if you tell somebody hey man um you know god's got this six-figure position for you and you're going to be driving whatever car like everybody's going to jump on it yeah. but when he when he doesn't tell you when nobody tells you where it is it's just like hey you know here's a potential next step we kind of you know we try to avoid it and we you know we pull it i've been there man we pull a jonah what was kind of your uh, just hesitation, I guess? Um, yeah, so I definitely there are some fears um, involved in, in a lot of it. Um, uh, a big one um, is like kind of going into a little bit of my testimony. Um, so through high school, a little bit of junior high, eighth grade, um, I traveled around with a uh, evangelist. Um, uh, I would say a handful of times. I mean, we would, it was an evangelist that went to our church and uh, he traveled around a lot. And, um, and he knew that I wanted at, at the time, like where I wanted to be a youth pastor, like that first like calling on my life uh, was like in sixth grade. And so, and he uh, found out about it when I was in junior high and everything. And then was like, Hey, you should, you know, travel around with me and I'll help, you know, get you some preaching time and help you develop your skills and things like that. I was like, okay, dope. And my older brother, uh, who's two years older than me, Mitchell, he was also Matthew's the younger one. Yep. Yep. And, uh, he was also traveling around with him already and, uh, and, uh, kind of getting some experience and stuff like that. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, that's gonna be cool. And so, so I tried around with him and everything and things were going good. Um, but then like, like when I got into high school, like things kind of started to get weird. Um, and uh, like, I've always had this um, off and on relationship with pornography, you know, like I just go through it, then I'm like, I'm in it. And then like, there's a season where I'm like, all right, I'm doing really good and everything. Um, and so like, I was gonna, I was opening up to uh, this guy about it to just kind of help get seek help and everything like that. And then, you know, when I did that, came come to find out, like, uh, he was also dealing with it. Um, but he didn't think it was a very big deal, which is, uh, it obviously it is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it started telling me, he's like, oh, it's not a big deal, not a big deal, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I was just like, okay. And so I began to believe those lies. Yeah. That at all and then I just fell deeper into it so uh time goes on and like you know I'm just starting to like push you know the red flags aside um because other things that he was doing and then I go off to college uh then one uh came back to a winter break um my second year and uh, uh my mom comes and wakes me up in the morning and says Michael like you need to come up here and so Went upstairs um, to the dining room table. My brother was there with his wife, and he was just like bawling his eyes out. And I was like, "What's going on?" And uh, he ended up telling me that like this guy that we were traveling around with like molested him and everything. And he like finally uh, came open about it. And so that just like started ringing bells in my head. It's like, okay, like things are starting to make sense now because uh, of certain like little things he was doing with me. Like we're basically precursors like grooming uh, yeah he was literally grooming because like i was Jeez. i would i would literally say like i was next on his list because of like the things he was starting to do with me because they were the exact same they were like the beginning of stages that thing they were doing that he was doing with my older brother um and then eventually came to a point of you know where things had happened you know he did things to my older brother and so i thank Man, god sorry. things never got to that point with me but at the same time like it sucks that it did got you know went that far with my older brother right. and so like learning learning that 
like I was like God like if this is like what ministry is because like you know you'd go up and he would go up and preach and everything and like like he could like the dude can preach like yeah preach house down um and then like when you get off stage you know it's a completely different person you know and I was like that's you know it's so fake and like you see there's unfortunately there's a lot of pastors like that you know yeah, well man. the whole the whole Robbie Zacharias that just happened I just talked about this last week I mean did you see that uh no I haven't so do you know who Ravi is or was uh refresh my mind so Ravi was probably the foremost um apologist like maybe I mean definitely the last hundred years but maybe ever but yeah, uh yeah. wrote multiple books I have a few books literally right here in this box but uh I mean, it turned out that he was, uh, I mean, Bill Cosby level type of guy. I mean, was doing all this stuff, you know, had these massage parlors, had uh, women that he goaded into joining his team. And um, it's just real dark stuff. But he was like this guy that you would listen to and be like, man, this guy's like from, like he's speak, like God's literally speaking through him. And that may or may not be true, you know, like some people pass by their own eloquence. Um, but yeah, it turned out he had this whole double life and he was, you know, basically raping and, um, I mean, abusing these women. And, uh, I mean, he was, in my opinion, he was a pimp and a, uh, he, he was a pimp and a rapist and, but he was Ravi. I mean, vice president Pence spoke at his funeral. Like, I mean, Tim Tebow partnered with him, like all these people knew who he was and partnered with him. He was on the Ben Shapiro show, um, I mean, he was just a very popular guy and all this stuff came out like two weeks ago, like officially they did their own investigation, but it's the same kind of thing, man. It's like, you could say all the right words and they could be true, but it's like the school bully getting on, on stage and saying, you know, how good God is. It's like, dude, I don't want to listen to you because you're a punk and it clearly hasn't affected your life anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, but Hey man, I just want to say, I'm so, I didn't know any of that. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Uh, I appreciate that. Especially um, brother too, man. Uh, yeah. And like, I'm, I mean, now, like I'm to the point of like, like I, like I've definitely over the years I've built up the courage to like openly speak about that because like, there's so many people that you don't know, like, especially like in uh, being in this internship, you know, we see um, around, you know, nine, on average, 90 students every week for Wednesday night services. And you don't know what they're going home to. You don't know what they're going through. You, you just don't know. And like a lot of these students, they put up walls. So, because uh, they either don't want to deal with it or they're just trying to hide it or they may put a mask on. Like in high school, I was very good at putting a mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like inside, like I was like <laughs> broken. Cause like one, I was deep in pornography too. Um, just being, I was being manipulated by this, you know, by this guy. Um, but yeah. And so just, it's just crazy. Cause you just, you don't know what someone is going through. Yeah. But, man, any, anytime somebody says that pornography is not a big deal, they automatically lose all credibility in just about every aspect of their life with me, because like, I know how big of a deal it's been for me and like me yeah. having a girlfriend now, like my first yeah. serious girlfriend and like some of the conversations we've had to have and like almost where I thought we're going to be like forks in the road, like, you know, with some of the decisions I've made that are, you know, are hurting her now because of, you know, this immediate gratification I was able to get through pornography. Like it is a very vile. I mean, I personally think it's the number one thing that Satan has used to destroy marriage in the United States. I mean, I really do, especially like online pornography. I mean, that you can watch anything and, and nobody mm-hmm. ever has to know about it. And yeah. that's the thing is like, if when he gets these kids, like, cause marriage is the thing that God has set in place to be the picture of his relationship with the church. Well, it, you know, and then Satan's like, well, I know if I attack two people once they get married, like, and they're already strong, like it's gonna be tough. So he pulls the whole Terminator, John Connor, and tries to kill Sarah Connor before he's even born. You know what I mean? Like, so he starts with like a nine-year-old at the pornography stage and I mean, yeah, anytime somebody says, oh, it's not a big deal, run. Run and tell that guy superior. And if that guy superior doesn't listen, tell somebody else. Like, tell everyone because that is a 
telltale sign that they are struggling with something that they need accountability for, or, I mean, I don't know what else it would be. Like that's, it's not good. They're not taking sin seriously and a sin so damaging as pornography. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it, <laughs> and like, what's crazy is like, so like in today's culture world, you know, in first in a first world country, like everything is at our fingertips. And like, I mm-hmm. fear for um, like our younger, like the younger generation, because like now how, how in like, in depth they are into technology and how quick they can access internet and how quick you know things can happen like for me when i the first like uh pornographic experience that i had like i was literally in the woods with some friends uh, behind our apartment complexes that we were living in at the time um and this was like fourth grade and uh literally uh we had found a magazine randomly in the woods and I was like, and that was my first experience with it. And of course that like, just out of nowhere, I'm like looking back on it. I'm just like, that was such like a scheme of the devil just to randomly be in the woods because that was like where us kids, um, like we always were outside in the woods. And so just out of nowhere, come across this pornographic magazine. And, uh, you know, I had, there was another guy, um, he was older, um, who's like, you know, explaining to me things of, you know, this is what this is, this is what that is and everything. And of course, my little mind is like, you know, like, oh, I've never seen this before. And of course, we had a computer at the house. Um, and so I would sneak on the computer and start, you know, getting more information about it. And just, you know, I got caught, obviously. <laughs> and so I was like, crap, mom. Um, but, um, but yeah, and then, you know, I get handed a phone and um, my first like smartphone was on that ninth grade and everything, but like iPod touches, you know, came out and everything. So I had one of them, really easy to access internet there. Um, but yeah, it's it's taking over. And like so, pe- so many people like think it's okay as well. Like i was i knew it was wrong like deep down but like there are people who think like it's not that big of a deal um just morally or or whatever but it is such a deal because um you're looking at you know the one way i like i have dealt with it is like i'm literally looking at god's creation to try to set you know satisfy my own pleasures and i'm abusing um his creation i'm uh taking advantage of another woman out there who God loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also disrespecting my future wife, even yeah. in this now, like I'm not loving her right now. That's something like I've always had to remind myself is like, how can I love my future wife even right now? And that one way to do it is not looking at pornography, not lusting after other women. So, so yeah. Great. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, you remind me of a story. I actually, uh, last year, I was at the Super Bowl. I didn't get in the game, but I was at the Super Bowl, and I'm walking through the stadium, and I, like, look across, and I bump into, like, a porn star that I watched, like, growing up. And I felt, like, so ashamed that I even knew who this person was. And I was just like, golly, like, you know, like, it's just like, it was just, it was such a, like a, like a, I mean, I don't want to say it was a wake up call, but it was just a weird feeling. Like, no, like why, it's like, Christian, why do you know who this person is? Like, why, why do you know what they look like under their clothes? You know, like, why do you, why do you know all those things? And it's because of, you know, these decisions I made as a young kid and, and even as a, an adult, like it's not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. It's not conducive to a healthy marriage. I mean, I think a lifetime of porn we're not even with somebody is more damaging than an affair, mm-hmm. you know, because an affair could be, and I, I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but it can be an isolated incident. But as far as like the mental side of it goes, I think porn is way more damaging and even physical, like it legitimately damages your physiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's crazy. I mean, yeah, man, I'm sorry you went through that. That's, um, it's very unfortunate, man. So, but so you did eventually, I mean, 
you're using that testimony. When did you decide that this was going to be something you were going to use for your testimony? Because there's always with testimony, there's always that point of like, well, what's TMI? What do I not feel comfortable sharing? What's going to tarnish mm -hmm. other people's reputations? And obviously you're not giving the guy's name. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, is he in jail? What's, what's the deal there? Uh, oh, he's not, he's not in jail. He's, he definitely like moved away after everything that came out. Um, gotcha. It's like there was, there's just word spread around pretty quick, especially in, yeah. you know, Branson. Um, if you want to give his name, man, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I know that maybe there's something that, but I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think it's, no, I, I mean, but I don't, I'm not going to. No, you're good. Yeah. It's like, um, like I know. So like two weeks ago I preached, I got to preach uh, Wednesday night. At, I uh, saw that. Uh, and so that was like my first like real like my full sermon and everything and so i i just i you know shared part of my testimony and everything and so like i didn't give his name there um and so when i do talk about like the testimony i really don't i don't feel comfortable sharing you're good hey i can put that in if you just give me like 45 minutes i'll pull that stuff in if you want oh okay Sorry, I'm in my uncle's garage right now, and he's got to put the dune buggy back in. <laughs> Sorry. Got some crazy kids running around. Hey, let's pause it for like 10 minutes. I'll call you right back, okay? Keep Hold that thought. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> This is the budget we're working with right here over at, over at Barbell Inc. I gotta start. What? Y'all gotta start somewhere. I know, right? This is what happens when you move to a different state. Maybe I'll cut that out. I can probably just cut it out. It's not a big deal. How many minutes are we in? I don't know. Let me look. I don't know if I can see or not. 30 minutes, I think. Where's that? 30? Somewhere around 30, I think. Okay. All right, I'll figure it out. I've got till Tuesday to post this, so no big deal. Um, okay, so I'm sorry, man. Go back to what you were saying. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, using that guy's name. Um, I know in my testimonies and, like, when I share about my testimony, I really don't – I was just saying, like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I don't feel comfortable sharing his name. And I, I don't know if it's just, like, it's crazy to say this, um, just, like, out of respect. Because, um, like, there's been, a like, over the years, um, I, I believe, personally, that there's a lot of freedom and forgiveness. Um, and it definitely took some time for me to, like, like forgive him, even forgiving myself for, like, mm -hmm. letting, you know, carry on. Um, and so like at one point, like I had reached out to him to say, Hey, like I forgive you for this. I forgive you for this. And I was very specific on, on things. Um, and, uh, but yeah. And so that, like, after I did that, like, I felt like I could breathe again. Like I just felt mm -hmm. like I'm older after yeah. like I forgave him and there was still, t you know, still working on like my heart. I was still working on my heart without being able to forgive myself. Um, because like that was a huge hindrance for me to like step into ministry. Um, cause like dealing with pornography and going through that, you know, I was like basically saying, God, like if this is what ministry is, like, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. And so like, I feel fake if I were to get up in front of somebody, you know, and preach Jesus when I'm sitting here, um, you know, dealing with pornography and, and everything and, you know, a bunch of sin issues and, and whatnot, like, because I don't want to be, because like a lie that I would listen to um, from the enemy and a lot of people, like a lot of people deal with lies and enemy and the enemy will like, it will start off just as a small lie. Like for me, it's like not being good enough or um, you're just going to be like the, you know, like this guy. That was a big lie that I believed. Like, oh, you're not going to make it in ministry. You're just going to fail morally, like all these other pastors and like you know, 
people like this guy um, mm-hmm. ever get over this, you know, sin issue with pornography. Yeah. <laughs> That's obviously, like I said, it's, it's a lie. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, and so that was what made it a huge uh, hindrance for me to like really step into my calling and really have confidence in what uh, God's called me to do. So. Sure. Um, would I know this guy? Like um, if, you, if you text me his name, text me his name. Uh, I'm not going to ever say anything. Just, I just want to know if I, maybe, um, I know like he had a, a stepson that, uh, went to our school. who was in my brother's grade. So two years older. Okay. Yeah. Maybe text me the stepson's name too. Um, that's crazy, man. I used to go to Wait. church with you guys a little bit. Uh, what was the church you went to? I remember uh, it was at one point it was Tri Lakes Church. Yeah, I, that's where oh. I went was Tri Lakes. Uh, my last two years of high school, and there was actually a scandal there. Um, yeah, it's oh well, it God. wasn't it wasn't in the church, but it was a guy that went to that church. Yeah, well, Tri Lakes um, where I went there, so I don't know what the whole deal was with that. Um, I, I yeah. mean. The people went back, so I think it was water under the bridge. I really respected my pastor there, uh, David Patrick. I actually went to see Star Wars The Force Awakens with him. So, um, But, yeah, I don't know. But there was another guy that, uh, that worked at the school. Um, his son was in our grade below ours. I don't know if you remember that, but he was, like, molesting uh, some of the, men- the mental kids at school, like some of the disabled oh, kids. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'll text you his name too. I don't want to be putting names out there and stuff. I mean, we could, but it's not. It, it's been so far fruitless yeah. at this point. But so that's yeah. crazy, man. It's so crazy. Like you know, it's almost like you know, the devil gets a whiff of what God wants to do in your life, and then he just starts planting these seeds and putting these evil people that are doing evil things to like try to derail you. And, you know, at first I'm not saying like you succumb to it, but like that was a big hindrance for you. It was like, if this is what ministry is, I don't want it. And, and I, and I think, you know, I didn't know that about you in high school. I didn't know this about your brother. I didn't know this about anybody. And I think we do put on fronts. Like we put on these, whether we're being tough or, or whether we're, you know, trying to protect somebody's identity or whether we just don't know, like, man, there is a lot of hurting people because for every, like, hundred of us that go through it or, or every one, there's, like, that one kid that, that doesn't deal with it properly and, and they, they end up, you know, taking their own life or hurting others. And it's not good. I mean, communication yeah. and vulnerability. I mean, you're supposed to go home and feel safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you get bullied at school, well, you shouldn't be going home to getting bullied. You know what I mean? And you shouldn't get bullied in school. I think bullies should get the crap kicked out of them by their the people they're bullying. That's that's always the funniest thing is when because I grew with wrestling and like fighting and everything, uh, and now my brothers like when bullies get beat up. That's like my favorite thing in the world. I like I love talking about it. I'm just and I know maybe that's a little cynical, but uh, that's just me. Like it's like again. Like my brother a few years ago beat up a bully in front of you know like the line where you go to get picked up yeah yeah so like all the parents were there i guess this kid was like you know picking on some kid and then tried to pick on my brother and my brother beat him up in front of all the parents and all the kids <laughs> and oh. then that was like on a friday and then sunday we saw him at church <laughs> so oh man it's funny that's hilarious yeah it was uh it was a bad deal i mean it was my brothers are kind of crazy <laughs> You have to be a little crazy to fight in front of the school, in front of the parents, you know? Yeah. So it was that's funny. Oh, if you have a plane, that's uh, Area 51. It's like, Come on. What? Come on now. Whatever happened to that raid that was supposed to happen <laughs> a while ago? What happened to the what? That raid that was supposed to happen on Area 51. Oh, man. They won't play around if you try to storm the Area 51. They'll shoot you. So I think people just know it's not like Portland or the Capitol. Like, I mean, I guess people got shot at the Capitol, but it's a, it's a different, it's a different deal. So, so you're doing ministry, right? You make the decision. And so a few weeks ago, I see you running naked through a a mini golf course. What's this all about? How do you, how do you, (laughs) how do you juggle being a Christian and being naked on a golf course? 
I wasn't naked. I just had my shirt on my head. <laughs> what, was that, that, what was that all about? Uh, I lost a bet um, with, I mean, now she's my ex-girlfriend. Um, got some uh, friends together, went uh, mini golfing and everything. And she's like, if you, if I win, or if you lose, whatever, same thing. Um, then she's like, you have to run through the whole golf course or putt putt course with your shirt over your head, yelling random like words and stuff like that. I was like, okay, bet. <laughs> I'm like, if I win, if you lose, then you have to jump into the water, like the pond at the at the at the putt putt course. So obviously, I lost. So put my shirt over my head and just like started running through all these you know mini golf courses, like families <laughs> and everything. And, complete idiot <laughs> so oh my gosh oh that's funny yeah putt-putt you don't bet i mean you can't it's a it's a very good equalizer nobody's like good at putt-putt like unless you're like a pro golfer which you're not um so uh yeah it's it's yeah i would never i would never take that bet um that was dumb on your part michael I was so confident because of how many putt-putts we grew up around. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many in Branson. Yeah, it's There's insane. like 100. If you hear kids screaming, they're not being murdered. They're just annoying. Um, I, so, I, so I moved to Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I live with my, uh, I'm living with my uncle and my, uh, my cousins right now and my aunt until I get a, uh, a place of my own in the next few months. I think it gave me two months, so we'll see. We've got like – yeah. Uh, so give me an update on, on you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've just been following you a little bit about you know moving to California, then Mexico. Now. Sure. Yeah, it's uh it's been crazy since um since Branson. I went to I went to a junior college for two years. I wrestled um, there, and just really felt like. I could uh, I could go Division One. I. I felt like oh well I beat some D one guys. Like I don't know. I just always had this thing of like like I would rather I would rather know you know trying the hardest thing than like succeeding at at something lower. Like not testing myself. You know what I mean. And so I went to my family. My dad got a promotion, so they moved to California. And so I moved to California uh, right after I graduated from junior college. Uh, that's actually not true. I didn't graduate. I actually failed a math course. So I had to go retake it before. And so I was in California and I walked on to Oregon State. And that was a, a big deal. I was training MMA. So when I was still in Oklahoma, I like decided I wanted to be an MMA fighter. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to pursue. So while I was in California, I was training with some uh, with Kings MMA out there. I was training with like a lot of uh, tough guys out there. Um, and then I moved to Oregon and started going to Oregon State. I spent the first term uh, just picking up on that math credit so I could get into school. And so I was doing landscaping at the time. And then, um, yeah, so long story short, I, I finished out my three years at Oregon State. I moved up to Portland in uh, April. While I was at Oregon State, you know, we started a ministry. I got involved in ministry. And um, we had like probably 50 athletes at our house, like a little, like maybe 900 square foot house, like every week, um, it was blowing up. And then, um, then I graduated, COVID happened and, uh, kind of passed the reins. Some of my mentors were still running it. And then I, you know, we passed the torch to some younger guys and some younger girls there. So I was in Portland training MMA from april until october and in october or no maybe it was maybe it was september september i moved to mexico in october but in september i decided i was going to move to mexico i was driving for uber and it just like hit me i was i uber in this lady that didn't speak any english and i was like screw this i'm gonna learn spanish you know there was no fights going on i was texting my buddy colby uh, and I was like, Hey man, can you get me some, like a fight in Florida? And he was like, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, well, how am I going to go to Mexico and work on my striking? Cause I was just going to do boxing out in Mexico and fight in Florida. So I was like, okay, I, I don't have a lot of money. Maybe I'll figure this out. And then I was just like, you know what? I can get a job in Mexico, which I did. Um, I 
was able to get a place. I was able to get a car, like cost of living for me was super cheap. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just go work on my striking skills. And by the time I get back up to Portland, um, I'll be fully well-rounded. I'll just need like a few weeks to, to sharpen back up my wrestling and my, my jujitsu and everything. And, and I'll be ready to go like pro amateur, whatever fight. And then as I was there, like three weeks before I left, um, I, well, I met my girlfriend down there. Uh, I was working, um, Michelle, she's down there right now. She's great. Uh, she's coming out here on the 26th. So she actually just had, my dad was just in Cabo. His, he just got a boat down there. And so, um, her and her mom went to breakfast with my dad and some of his friends and like some of my friends. So that was kind of cool. They were sending me pictures and stuff. Um, so obviously the family loves her. So that's really cool. And then, uh, yeah, I decided I was going to move to Vegas and live with my family. And I got a job uh, selling home security. And I do that in the afternoons. And I train in the mornings and uh, found a really good gym. And, you know, it's been weird. Um, you know, back at my old gym, everybody knew who I was. Like, they knew, like, my level. But I didn't have any fights. I, you know, just they were like, oh, this guy's a wrestler. Like, let me wrestle with him or let me fight with him or train with him. And they found out. But here, you know, you got to kind of pay your dues a little bit. And because it's just such a big team, I can't just say, oh, I wrestle in college. Let me go with so-and-so because um, they have partners for so-and-so. So it's been, you know, the last two weeks of training has been like, okay, um, like kind of networking and, and going to these practices and being like, hey, you know, can yeah. I work out? So it's been cool, but um, I think I'm going to fight in May. I'll have my first fight in May. My goal is to have two pro fights by the end of the year. I don't know how that's going to work. COVID's kind of been weird for everybody, but um, – Nope, working a great job. Um, got a great girl. Got a got some serious goals in mind. Working on my podcast. I mean, it's been it's been cool, man. So awesome. it's, awesome. it's it's like every big decision I've made, God's just like put on my heart, and it's like, all right, this is what I'm doing. All right, I, I can't do anything about it, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's awesome. it's been so cool. your goal, like right now, to are you trying to? Uh, obviously go pro in MMA? Yeah. So yeah, my goal is, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I love fighting. Like I, I swear, like when I was 19, like I hated it. I didn't want any part in it. I didn't even really watch it that much. I didn't understand like, how do guys go and train MMA? And then I, I'm not joking with you, Michael. Like I woke up one day and that was like what I knew I was going to do. Like, it was like, God was like, all right, this is what you're doing with your life. Like, and I just wanted to fight everybody. Like I was like, I don't care who you are. Like I was, I don't know if you remember me in high school, man, but like I was a good wrestler, but like I was kind of timid. Like I didn't really like get in arguments with people. I kind of got picked on up until my senior year. Um, yeah, I just, I was, if I was the way, if I was wired the way I am now, I probably would have like fought more people in high school, which is maybe, yeah. or maybe I would have just had one fight in high school and then everybody would be like, all right, we're done with that. Like let's move forward. You know, like, I don't know. Um, but no, I'm grateful for it. Uh, it, but it was weird. It was really weird. I just woke up one day and was like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. And, and then I was, it was like, God just like put this trail of breadcrumbs and I was, you know, training here with world champions. And then, um, I was training with like my favorite fighters up here. And then now I'm like training with studs like Francis Ngannou trains at my gym. Like, you know, all these people that are around me, the, guy that just won the 35 pound belt Aljamain Sterling trains at my gym like so all these guys are like I've just been in a very fortunate situation with it and then I've had you know some of these guys on my podcast and and it just seems like there's something there and wrestling didn't exactly go the way I wanted it to um so I kind of have a little chip on my shoulder like well if I couldn't be the best wrestler like maybe I can you know be the best at kicking people in the head you know <laughs> so but, you know, I think, I think it's all like, you know, like I'm never quiet about my faith. Um, I try to gear like as much of my podcast as I can around my faith and, you know, as much as my YouTube channel around my faith, sometimes I kind of tiptoe the line, but you know, whatever you're doing, I think you're called to minister and whatever you're, whatever you're called to do, you know? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, yeah, there's so much truth in that. Like everybody, like God's, I feel like God's called everybody to ministry 
And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when we hear ministry, it's like, oh, pastor, evangelist, you know, working yeah. on stuff. Like, and that was my view of ministry growing up was like behind the pulpit or being on staff at a church or being a missionary, you know, somewhere, you know, in the world. Um, but ministry is, ministry is your everyday life. It's wherever you go, it's um, whatever career you're in, uh, whether you're doing wrestling, MMA, whatever, like, mm-hmm. like God can use that. Uh, or use you in those, you know, situations, those atmospheres um, in so many different ways. Like, cause like for me, like I was, I knew the calling for like, you know, full-time ministry being in a church, you know, um, it, but I would use that as an, ex- like everybody being called to ministry and whatever you're, you know, you do, I would use it as an excuse to, cause like that's, I, when I was, you know, pursuing military, I was like, oh, I'm just going to make, you know, military my, uh, my ministry. Um, but that wasn't the ministry that God was calling me to. Um, but yeah, ministry is, it's wherever you go. It's your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it really is true, you know, because I mean, God calls people to every walk of life, man. Like it, it really shouldn't be a secret amongst your peers. Like, you know, that you, you stand for Jesus, like that you're a Christian. Like if you really are a Christian, like, I don't, I don't think it's a secret to the people close to you, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it should be. Now I'm not saying you go around and you just start like striking up every conversation about God or like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, cause Jesus was not socially awkward and some Christians can be very socially awkward. I've, you've been around those people. It's like, dude, yeah. like I'm a Christian. Like I believe the God you believe, but will you just shut up? <laughs> you know, I'm not like trying to be a jerk, but you know, like some people are just like super awkward about it, you know, like, Jesus, like there wasn't crowds of 20,000 people claiming or like clinging around Jesus because he was like weird to talk to. Like he was a very, very much a people person, but he was very much not withholding of truth and with, you know, who, what he was called to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I've been around some people like that where you're just like, dude, listen, I get it. Like you're on this spiritual high and everything, but would you just leave me alone? <laughs> You ever have any situations like that? Um, yes. <laughs> have you ever been that guy? I know I have. Yeah, I've uh, definitely been around um, that. And, like, you know, I want, like, obviously, like, you love them and everything. And you're sure. Not in, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Don't need to drop any names. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's funny. Yeah, no, man, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, you know, being in ministry and, and when I was doing it, it was almost like, cause I, one of the reasons I don't is because, and and I don't know what it's like in Florida. I've seen you posted some stuff. Um, but especially in Oregon, like, I'm not saying it's one of the things that turned me off. It's just one of the things that I didn't feel called to do because of. But, you know, politically, a lot of people take a back seat because there's two parties and they're not willing to alienate or demonize, you know, even ideas in certain parties because they're so tied into the party itself. And I, and I don't necessarily, not, I'm saying that I feel that's wrong, but when it bleeds into your life that you're not even willing to take a stance against rioting or you're not willing to take a stance against like abortion or, you know, the, the false narrative of, um, I mean, like white privilege. And I mean, I don't believe in white privilege, I think. Uh, and, and even if it is true, like, well, everybody's got America privilege that lives here, you know, like we could just keep going down the line of like how much more privilege you have than somebody else. You know, life's not fair or, you know, the um, critical race theory that they would teach us in college, you know, they would literally come up to us and and in these classrooms and we'd have to go as athletes like we were required to take these courses and they would just tell us that if we were white we were inherently racist and that you know black people couldn't be racist and mexican people couldn't be racist and dude i was in mexico the last four months like that is not the case like you can experience racism as a white person you know like just ask my girlfriend you know like i mean they get very territorial about white guys you know coming over and dating mexican girls and 
it shows. Like, I'm not saying like it was horrible persecution or anything like that. Like I, yeah. what it, it is what it is, but it is, you know, it is judgmental and it's racist. And I don't, I don't fault these guys. I'm not mad at them. I don't hate them or anything. I mean, it got annoying and, but it is what it is, you know, like it's, I mean, nobody like came at me physically, um, you know, and it, it got annoying and you get to the point where you're like, man, I, I don't want to pray for this guy because he's pissing me off, but I will. Um, yeah. And you, and you kind of have to ask God to check your heart and help you out. But yeah, man, it, I, I just, I see a lot of people in ministry take a backseat to some of those issues because they, you know, they want to, um, they want to flirt with the culture and they want to appease everybody. And I can't stand that. I, I don't like that at all. Um, I saw so many people that took a stand for BLM when they never said anything against abortion. Um, and then they didn't say anything about the riots. Uh, and it's just like, there's bigger issues and, and you are scared of what people are going to think. And, and so you're talking about something that's popular and it drove me crazy. And so I just didn't want to get into a situation where somebody could come up to me and tell me, Hey, you can't speak your mind or you got to go. I was like, well, that's not me. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's sad, like, so being in, you know, Branson, Missouri, Branson's a very, or, you know, Southern Missouri all through there is like mm-hmm. very you know, right wing. And, yeah, it's and conservative. Um, uh, and so, and I like, I've grown up conservative my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. And like being in ministry, like, obviously like you had it, like Jesus was never Republican. He was yeah. never Democrat. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and so it's just, it's just crazy how so many people like will put their political party above uh or, or or put more concern towards the political party than church. Yeah. Um, and like I've even seen it in churches, like where, like <laughs> I saw I, it wasn't too long ago. Like especially going through um, uh, the transitions of the president, like we, the guy praying the church, um, he didn't say President Trump, but he said, you know, he literally was like, <laughs> literally saying like, how do I say? vote for president Trump without actually saying vote for president Trump. And like, obviously like I was going to, you know, I voted for him because, um, because of a lot of the issues like with abortion, things like that with, with Biden, um, um, just morally, that's why I was, you know, uh, voting for Trump and everything. And like, even like Trump, like, do I think he's the greatest president that we've ever had? Honestly, like, I don't know, because um, I've never experienced all the other presidents, and I don't think mm-hmm. Donald Trump or one person, whoever it is, Republican or Democrat, is going to change uh, America. Like, no. and, and a lot of the American people put so much uh, pressure on the president to change, you know, America, when honestly, it's, it's, it's us. It's we the people. Like, we are the ones that have to change. And it starts in our hearts. It starts in our homes. Um, and I think the only way that's, you know, the only thing that's going to change America is Jesus. Like, it's, you know, the typical Sunday school answer is, you know, Jesus is the answer to America right now. Because um, we have, we've taken, you know, Jesus out of everything in our schools. Um, and we're starting to reap that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, there's so many tangents I can go on right now about it. Sure. But, but yeah, I think just like right now with like all the political stuff that's going on and everything, you know, everybody's want to point fingers at this and that, and, you know, point fingers at the president and everything. I'm like, y'all don't even, I understand like there's a lot of stuff that's happening, you know, in, um, in our government in, in DC that's affecting a lot of things but at the same time like the church right now like this is our opportunity to rise up and be the church yeah like we've been failing at that for a long time now and like it's it's like our time to actually 
like, okay, let's stop trying to bring people in. Like, let's actually go out like Jesus commands us to and go out and be the church, go out and reach into uh, the broken communities, the lost, uh, the lost people, the homelessness and everything. So, so yeah. Yeah. And that was another thing, man. I've been, I stopped giving my money to the church. Um, now I still give 10% of my income. I just give it to, um, uh, people in ministry, like personally, because, um, and, and this isn't to demonize. Well, I'll just give you a story. So I tried to go to a church in Portland and I went a few days, a few weekends in a row and no issues. You know, there wasn't a lot of people there. It was like 50 people there. They all look like students or people that were involved in the church. Um, and I signed up to serve because I didn't want to deal with any issues because the, the, the regulations were still in place. Everything was still in place. I was like, well, you know, I just want to beat this. And so one of the ladies in the church messaged me and was like, hey, you know, thank you for signing up to serve. Like, super happy that you're coming or whatever. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah, like, I'm super happy. Like, I'm going to be there this weekend. Um, and I'm actually going to bring my friend who's not saved. Like he, he was like, I told him like you guys were doing stuff in person and, and he was kind of excited and, um, and he, you know, is not a Christian. So like, I think it'd be great. And she's like, Oh, you actually can't bring him and you can't come either because we've already hit capacity. Um, because of the regulations we're under, like we can't have people coming in and I'm like, okay, give me the pastor's number because this is ridiculous. Like you're telling me that you're going to deny a non-believer trying to walk in the door at the door because you've hit regulation. Like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, like I'm, it just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like it didn't make any sense. I was like, and, and then she was like, the pastors had multiple conversations with Kate Brown. And, and, and the thing is, is like, it's, they, the church didn't really think that COVID was the world's like, I mean, everybody I know in the church was like, we're sick of this. Um, even the pastors, even the people, within the, the worship teams and everything like that I've talked to, they're like, yeah, but you know, we just don't want to be on the news. Like that was the constant answer I kept getting was we don't want to be on the news. And I was just like, you're not getting my money. And, and I'm going to laugh at you when your sermons about giving are like, well, we haven't been receiving that much money. It's like, well, yeah, this is because of this. Like you turned non-believers away at the door. You know, there, I've been in, I've been in church services where I could have been kicked out of the country and the pastor could have been beheaded in front of people and they still conduct their worship service. They still conduct it. And it's like, where's the resilience in this? It doesn't matter what the culture's doing. And that really, I, I didn't lose, I don't lose faith in the church. I, I, I've lost faith in people. Like I don't have, like I've had to, you know, I had too much faith, I think before this in people and not, uh, and less in Jesus. And now it's kind of shifted like, Hey God, this is your, you know, like this is, these are your people. Like, um, and I'm one of them. I'm falling just like the rest, but you know, it, it's, it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is very frustrating. Yeah. That like, just listening to that, like, I'm just like, dang, like that sucks. Cause that reminded me, it was literally, um, um, it was literally last Sunday. Um, we, uh, uh, yeah, we were at normal church service and everything like that. And then, um, uh, thing that we do um this is like an, an ag like an assemblies of god thing that they do this thing for their youth called fine arts mm -hmm. um and uh basically like kind of a short it's basically like a, a talent show in a way but it like okay. it helps um um develop gifts like because they have like things called a, a, a section called short sermons and so like it's just basically you know kids putting together these like five minute sermons um and they like preach them um, in front of these judges and stuff like that. And That's cool. it's just it kind of like helps develop. And there's so many, there's tons of different categories um, that you can, you know, sign up for. So it's just like something that helps develops those gifts and skill sets and stuff like that. And so Sunday, we were having practice um, for, uh, it's called a human video. Um, and uh, we we're in uh, this, uh, our colonial chapel, this other chapel we have here on campus at the church. Um, and, uh, we were in there, uh, it was me, um, and another intern, my roommate Hayden and, uh, just going through the normal practice and everything like that. And then we see this guy who's walking up the steps to come in and, uh, dudes like straight up drunk. And I'm, uh, he was homeless 
like clothes were filthy and everything. He was carrying a bag full of different types of liquors and everything. Of course, when he started talking, he smelled his breath, smelled like alcohol. Yeah. And uh, he comes inside. And so me and Hayden kind of step up uh, to, you know, see what's going on. And um, just also just kind of like you know, protect the, the students and stuff. Sure. And so he's, you know, of course, he's, you know, pretty tipsy and everything. He's like, did I miss it? Did I miss the service and everything? And, you know, we're like, yeah, like churches, you know, we already had you know, our services this morning and stuff like that. And, um, and so he was just like very lost. Like when you looked into his eyes, like you just saw like it was like empty almost. It was it was so weird. Um, but uh, we had sat him down um, on the steps outside and we're just like talking to him like, hey, like you need anything, whatever. And like Hayden had got on the phone because um, he was getting in contact with um, uh, Team Challenge. I don't know if you ever heard of Team Challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, and so, because uh, he was going to try to see if we could get this guy in Team Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sitting there just talking to him. And, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, this is God's kind of, like, ordained this. Because if this guy were to show up during our regular regular service hours, um. Like I like I would legitimately felt like he'd probably been turned away, like like pushed off in a sense. Because mm-hmm. like the church will preach like we you know we want to reach the lost, we want to you know reach the homeless people, we want to reach you know people who are uh, like like this guy who's you know <laughs> came in you know to us drunk and everything and homeless and just you know and nasty and everything. Yeah. Uh, like when when those when those people come into the church it's like i've seen it time after you know in times past where like they like they push them off because they don't accept them who they are in that you know in their in that like their state or whatever Mm -hmm. um people people get in the way of what god's trying to do yeah and so i was just like i just feel like god was like telling me like during that whole situation like michael like i I brought this guy for you for a reason Mm -hmm. um and so like i just sat there and just like prayed with him and uh because he kept talking to me he's like talk to me talk to me michael he's like tell me about you know jesus i was like all right bro let me tell you come on uh and uh and so like even though he was like like straight up drunk and everything like i literally sat there and prayed with him and like you know prayed with him to accept Jesus and everything. I'm like, Hey man, like if, you know, if you're understanding me right now, like, are you willing to accept Jesus and say yes to Jesus? And, you know, he would tell me, he'd be, you know, very slowly, he'd be like, yes. I was like, okay, bro. And so, uh, so Hayden and I went over there and started praying for him. And like right there in that moment, like he accepted Jesus. And so like, and after the moment, like after that happened, like I was just praying to God. I'm like, I know he was drunk and everything, but I just like pray that like he still, genuine. yeah, it was still genuine. And he yeah. still like accepted that into his heart or accepted you into his heart and everything. And, and remembered that moment. Cause like afterwards we took him to the, the ER because um, Hayden had got it approved for him to um, come into team challenge and they were going to accept him. Wow. And so, uh, but in order for him to get to team cha- uh, into Team Challenge, he had to be detoxed and so- sobered up. So we had to take him to the ER. Uh, they were going to keep him there for the night to um, keep, uh, get him sobered. And then he um, was going to go to this other um, facility um, to do, go through a, like a one or two day detox. And then from there, go into Team Challenge. Wow. Um, and so, so that was just kind of cool how all that happened. Um, and like after the fact, like it was like Hayden and I were talking like this is literally literally like Jesus one oh one, like us being the church one oh one is like there's so many lost people like that. Cause he just like one thing he was saying, he's like, I just feel like I keep going in circles over and over. I'm just chasing nothing and like and I like I told I asked him like, Do you feel like there's like an empty void you're trying to fill? And he's like, yes, that's exactly what I feel like. I'm like, well, 
I know somebody <laughs> that I can know. build. So I know a guy. <laughs> it's crazy. That empty void. And so it was just so cool. And I'm just like that moment, like it will always stick with me. Cause I was yeah. like literally be in the church. That's literally be in the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's like, that's just one-on-one Christianity right there. Yeah, Man, that's crazy. Like, praise God, man. That's so amazing because you know, you know, you know what's crazy is Satan had his hand on that guy, and I mean, I'm I'm not saying that for sure. I I don't know. Maybe maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I've I've been around this kind of stuff. Generally, drugs and alcohol leads to some kind of demonic force having influence. I mean, I've legitimately seen that. Um, if you're listening and that sounds weird, it, sorry, it's true. Um, but you know, here's the thing: is like the enemy probably brought that guy to disrupt, but God had a bigger plan for his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's probably legitimately what happened. Like, he was drunk. You know, he was walking in with, with you know, just like, oh, I mean, like being disruptive. And then God put you and your roommate Hayden there to to change that guy's trajectory, you know, to like mm -hmm. be a vessel of truth. And dude, there was a party in heaven, man. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. And, dude, just thank you for being there because I know there's going to be you know, we're going to see that guy in heaven and be like, dude, we talked about you on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be, so yeah. praise God, man. Can, I mean, I, I, w I want to say good for you, but uh, I, I might be, I mean, good for you. Yeah. Man. Just can, thank well, you for being yeah. there. And, and, you know, just because it it's so easy to deny what God's called you to do with all this stuff going on with, with his state, it's easy to pass them by and let them walk on and, and so, man, just, yeah, congrats, good, good for being there and, and uh, praise God that you were. That's awesome. Well, hey, man, um, let's catch up later. Obviously, there's a lot of hectic things going on around me. Um, I yeah. think we've got some great stories. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Um, let's, let's get in touch later. Are you going to be in Branson this summer at all? Um, I'll be back in April for, for Ben Odell's wedding. Oh, who's, um, he, 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 who's he getting married to? Anna uh, Torgerson. I think that's how you say her last name. Did We, we didn't go to high school with her, did we? No. Okay. She went, believe. Where'd she go? I think so. Okay, cool. Cool, man. No. Um, okay, well, if you're there during the summer, let me know. Um, I might be out there at some point. I'm going to take a little vacation. I think we're going to do a reunion. I think I want to take Michelle out there to – meet the rest of my family so oh. yeah uh, I'll, i'm sure i'll probably i'll probably try to be i'm going to try to be back for Matt, matthew's graduation so okay cool cool but yeah I'll, I'll try to get back there in the summer sometime sweet man if, if you're ever in vegas man hit me up and let me know if you need anything if you need a place to crash if you um whatever you need man if you you know went to caesar's the night before and lost it all and you need some help call somebody else <laughs> Uh, I got no money to spare right now, but I'll, I'll buy you ice cream or something. Some Andy's frozen custard. I know, right? I'm going to, I'm going to start the chain out here. So don't take that idea. That's the first time I've said that publicly. And so <laughs> hopefully somebody with a lot of money doesn't hear this and is like, well, screw you. I'm going to start the chain out there. So, all right, all right, man. Well, Hey man, uh, dude, good job, man. And just keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening to the Lord. I'm, I'm super proud of you. It was uh, it was good to catch up and talk to you. Uh, thank you for being on. Um, I'll I'll text you either tomorrow or I'll text you Tuesday when I post it. So sounds good. Thanks, brother. Have a good one, man. God bless you, Michael. Thank you, bro. See ya.